Esther Esther chapter number 1 Lesson chapter number 14 Esther chapter number 1 I just want to welcome everybody watching us online uh, it's a blessing you know to know that there are people who are watching who are hearing the word you know I received a very encouraging message this week uh, one pastor is a pastor in another church um, he's been following our teachings and was being blessed by the ministry of the word and now he has began to teach the message of grace in his church where he is uh, you know for me that's that's the good work that we all are doing to ensure that the message of grace continues to go out and reach many people um, so that's what blesses me that's what excites me lesson chapter number lesson 14 and the title there is the presence of god the presence of god i've taught quite a lot on the presence of god uh, in years past but very different from how i i now perceive the presence of god so as i was enjoying my study of the book of Esther I say this all the time but I have to say it all the time because it happens all the time you know I thought I was going to deal with the three things in this service but you know we're just going to deal with one thing in this service another thing in the next service another thing in the next service Esther chapter 1 verse 19 Esther chapter 1 verse 19 if you are there say amen It says, if it pleases the king, let a royal decree go out from him and let it be recorded in the laws of the Persians and the Meds so that it will not be altered. That Vashti shall come no more before King Ahasuerus and let the king give a royal position to another who is better than she. So we've got two things that we see here. The third thing is on verse 20, but we are not getting there today. So the first thing that you find on verse 19 that was contained in the royal decree, number one, that Vashiti shall come no more before the king. So Vashiti is barred from the presence of the king. And the second thing, let the king give a royal position to another who is better than she so the second thing that you find there is she is not only removed right but her position has been taken away from her and the third thing she has to be replaced right not only is the position taken but there has to be a replacement someone who is going to take her place praise god so the first one is what we are going to look at today that she shall come no more before the king. No more presence of the king. She is barred from entering into the course of the king and from being in the presence of the king. Now, in order for you to understand the importance of this and how, what can I say, how difficult this must have been. This is a person who has enjoyed the presence of the king. Woke up every morning in the presence of the king. Always lived in the courts of the king. And now the decree has come because of what she has done. Let the law be put in place that will bar her and stop her from ever. Say ever. Not for one week, not for two weeks, not until she repents but she will not forever be in the presence of the king. You see, the problem with the law, the law will always stop you from the presence of God. Now, the, Lord did, the law introduced the presence of the Lord, but disqualified men from entering into the presence of God. Remember Romans chapter number 7, the law is holy and the law is good. The law is just, the law is holy, the law is good. So with the law, there came the tabernacle. Right? And the tabernacle had three parts. The outer court, 
right? The holy place and the holy of holies. These are the three major parts. Now, the presence of the Lord is in their midst. But unfortunately, they cannot all experience the presence of the Lord. It is only one guy who is not very comfortable getting into that presence because he is not sure whether he is going to make it alive out of the presence of the Lord. So it was not something that was like, wow, you know, the high priest is getting into the presence of the Lord. There was a lot of work, a lot of soul searching. Because if the high priest would get into the presence of the Lord without searching himself, cleansing himself, it meant death on his part. They were going to pull him out of the presence of the Lord dead. Imagine getting into a place like that where you're not quite, quite sure whether you will see your family at the end of the day. Not a good place to be, right? So, I'll give a few examples but maybe before I get there, let me explain something that we always talk about when we talk about the presence of the Lord. There is the omniscient, the omnipresence of God, right? You know, where we say God, you know, God is all-knowing, rather. That's all-knowing. Omniscient is all-knowing. Then he is what? Omnipotent, all-powerful. And then omnipresent. He's always present. Now, when God is said to be always present, ever present, his presence in that regard is the presence that affects every other person, whether born again or not born again. You are just in the presence of God because God is forever present. Okay? David comes and says, where can I hide? Where can I go and hide from your presence? If I say I'm coming to heaven, you are there. If I say I'm going to hell, you are there. If I say I'm to go under the earth, you are there. Where can I hide from your presence? You are everywhere. Okay, you following me? You are everywhere. You are ever present. That is the presence of God. Then there is what is generally known as the manifest presence of God. That is God manifesting himself. It's now no longer about he is present, ever present, like he is in our world. But now he has manifested that presence. And the manifest presence of God is enjoyed by those that the Lord chooses to manifest his presence to. Okay? You following me? Alright, so I want you to hold that because you're going to come back to that. So, the impact of the decree was going to be felt by Vashti because she had an understanding of what it meant to be in the presence of God. Now, if you tell someone who does not know what it means to be in the presence of God that you are barred from the presence of the king, and they were never in the presence of the king, it does not affect them in any way because I was never there to begin with. So what you are calling punishment it's not punishment. It's just going to a person who is an unbeliever and try and, uh, and, and put discipline and discipline them for not being good. Okay? So, Vashiti felt the impact of the decree because she knew what it meant to be in the presence of the king. Second Samuel chapter 14 28 to 23, we're going to see another guy there by the name Absalom. Who also valued and understood the importance of being in the presence of the king. Amen. Yeah, those watching, I'm relying on your amens. Here, people are not saying amen. So, uh, you, you better give me amens there. It's like I came to the wrong church. Or oh, people are sleeping. Second Samuel chapter 14, verse 28 to 33. It says, And Absalom dwelt two full years in Jerusalem. So, this guy did something wrong, rebelled against the king, and he ran away. And when he ran away, he went to a place by the name Geshu. And now Joab goes after him and he brings him back 
to Jerusalem. Now in Jerusalem, this is where the king dwelt, David. And Absalom, in this case, he is the son of the king. Okay? Now listen to this. And Absalom dwelt two full years in Jerusalem and did not see the king's face. Therefore, Absalom sent for Job to send him to the king. So he says, Job, please, I want access. I want to see the king. I've been here for two years. Still, I haven't seen the king. I've not been in the presence of the king. All right? So he saw that there was something unusual. Being in Jerusalem and not being in the presence of the king. But he would not come to him. And when he sent again the second time, he would not come. So he said to his servants, See, Job's field is near mine, and he is barely there. Go and set it on fire. And Absalom sent servants, set the field on fire. Now he was trying to get the attention of Job. Okay? We were trying to be civil. You are not behaving that way. You are ignoring me. Now we are going to go the radical way. I'm burning your field. Let's burn his field because when we burn his field, he loves his barley so much that he will not ignore. Okay? Now, he does not really want to see Joab. Joab is not the important guy here. He wants to see the king. All right? Now listen to what the book says. Then Joab arose and came to Absalom's house and said to him, Why have your servants set my field on fire? And Absalom answered Joab, Look, I sent to you saying, Come here, so that I may send, so that I may send you to the king to say, Why have I come to get from Geshu? It would be better for me to be there still. Now, therefore, let me see the king's face. But if there is iniquity in me, let him execute me. So Joab went to the king and told him. And when he had called for Absalom, he came to the king and bowed himself on his face to the ground before the king. Then the king kissed Absalom. Now, what I liked here is the fact that Absalom was like, you know what? I want to see the king. I cannot just be here. Being here is not enough if I'm not experiencing the presence of the king. Because by experiencing the presence of the king, I know that everything is okay. I want to be in the presence of the king. Okay? So, one example. Right there. Let's get to the, the second one. Moses. Now, this made me laugh. So, last night when we were sleeping with my wife, I just said, I was you know, thinking aloud. I was like, but how could Moses just do that? He says, which Moses? I says, the Bible, Moses. I'm like, what did he do? <laughs> right, this is what Moses did. Funny guy. Right? Exodus chapter 33. Now, I want to read it the proper way, not the way it was written. Okay? I, I'm, I'm doing it the proper way. Verse 15. Then he said to him, this is Moses, if your presence does not go with us, do not bring us up from here. If your presence does not go with us, do not bring us up from here. This is the correct order. Verse 14. And he said, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Verse 15, Moses is saying, if your presence does not go with us, so we're not going anywhere. Then verse 14 is the response of God, and he says, my presence is going to go with you, and I'll give you rest. That's the correct order. Alright? But not according to Moses, because Moses has got a problem. So let's go back to verse 14. Now, let's, let's, let's do this. Verse 14. Now, verse 14, it is God speaking to Moses. And he said, my presence will go with you. And I will give you rest. Then this, verse 15. 
Then he said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not bring us up from here. What a confused guy. Now, if you read the first verses, God had said, I am going to send my angel before you. Alright? And, 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 you know, Moses gets into this discussion with God. God says, my presence is going to go with you. And after God says, my presence is going to go with you, Moses still comes back and says, if your presence does not go with us, it sounds like a lot of us. Instead of responding to what God has said when he says, my presence will go with you, we still go again into the prayer closet and have prayer points that say, God, if your presence does not go with me. Why would you say that? After God says, my presence is going to go with you. Now, verse 16, verse 17, Moses is still trying to make a case why God should go with. Yet God already said, my presence is going to go with you and give you rest. Sometimes when God speaks, we're not listening. Because we still have that prayer point that we're holding on to. And we are waiting to, to, to present our points. So God says, I have given you all things that pertains to life and godliness. And we still make a prayer point of getting all things that pertains to life and godliness. And we call them prayer meetings, prayer rallies. We call them whatever we call them. And we call for the presence that God already says, my presence will go with you. And we still make a prayer point. God if your presence does not go with me. What are you talking about? When I have already said my presence is going to go with you. How dare you come again and you try and tell me, look, if your presence does not go with me, I'm not going anywhere. You see? That's where we spend most of our... This, are, this is the confusion in most of us. This one. But what I like about what Moses said, at least, he said... No presence, no movement. Okay? He, he did not want, he, he valued the presence so much that he did not want to make any move without the presence of God. Okay? No presence, no movement. Why? Because if you do not have the presence of God, there is no security. No presence, no security. We need your security. No presence, no covering. Okay? No presence, no covering. And this is what it meant to have the presence of God for Moses. Give me verse 16 uh, and verse 17. For how then will it be known that your people and I have found grace in your sight? So the presence of God is a sign that you found grace and favor in the eyes of God. This is beautiful. The presence of God is the only sign that you have found favor and grace in the sight of God. Nothing else. The presence of God. Except you go with us, so we shall be separate. The presence of God will make you separate. It will sanctify you. It will set you apart from the rest of the people. So what sets you apart? The presence of God. So we shall be separate, your people and I, from all the people who are upon the face of the earth. Which means the presence of God gives you identity. Your identity is in the presence of God. Nowhere else. Your identity is in the presence of God. Are you following me? Verse 14. Give me verse 14. And he said, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Come unto me, all you who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. My presence will go with you and I will give you rest. So the presence of the presence of God is rest for a believer. One sign that he is present is when you now know how to rest. 
you cannot keep working when you are in the presence of the king. Vashiti, quit from your feast and come to my rest. I want to give you rest because in my presence you will find rest. You will stop working. Okay? I'm building my case here. I haven't even started preaching. Okay? I'm laying my very good foundation so that we deal with some sacred cows in the church. So if we are to go back to the garden, what do we find? Adam, Eve, enjoying the presence of God in the cool of the day. God would come to commune with man, to fellowship with man, to enjoy man, you know, just to talk and get feedback. Oh, what did you call that? No, that's a lion. Like, wow, cool. What a good name. Uh, what did you call that? Oh, that, no, I called that an elephant. It's God speaking to Adam. Oh, what did you call that? No, that one is a tortoise. It's very slow. You know, talking to God about things that God knows. That, that sounds amazing, man. You know, communing. You see, when lovers are talking, they're talking to each other about nothing. Pretty much nothing. You know, when you were dating, you would spend hours on the phone. If you say, what were you really talking about? You know, when, when I dated my wife some 11 or so years ago, 13, 14 years ago, uh, we used to have these Celsius lines, free, free minutes then, right? So I, had, I actually had a Celsius line that I got for just to talk to my wife, and she had hers. And I think I later on bought another one for three minutes. Now, so you, you talk and talk and talk. You are three hours on the call talking about nothing. That's what lovers do. Okay? So Adam and, and God, they are talking. Look, there is nothing to ask. Everything has been provided for. There is no evil spirit to come against because there is nothing. There is no evil spirit to come against. There is nothing to bind. What are they doing in the garden? They are talking about nothing. Right? They are talking about nothing. They are talking about the trees. Oh, did you see that tree? And Adam says, but God, the way you designed that one. You see what, it, what is happening? They are enjoying the presence of each other in the cool of the day. What a, what a way to end a day. And he would come and he would go. He would come and he would go. He would come and he would go. Wow. So, Adam has sinned. Now, broken the commandment of God at of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now the Bible says and his eyes were opened. Now his eyes were always opened. But now his eyes were opened. Now he became conscious to the natural world. And then he saw that he was naked. But he was always naked. But you see, when you are enjoying the presence of God, you are so content and you all you see is perfection and the covering of God that sometimes you even forget that you are not covered. He was naked. He was not even, there was no glory covering him. Nothing. You know, people will just try to sanctify the verse and say, no, the glory of God was covering them. No, he was not covered. He was naked. But he was so much into the presence of God and in doing what God assigned him to do, that he became blind to everything that was natural because he was created to function from the realm of the spirit. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So he was functioning from heaven, not from earth. Okay? So everything was ordered from God going down. From heaven to earth. Religion now preaches earth to heaven. Okay? So now, what happens? His eyes are opened. Mind all messed up. So what's the next thing? He runs away. From what? From the presence. Now God comes because he never misses an appointment. He comes same time in the cool of the day. And when he gets there, Adam, where are you? 
says, no, we heard your voice and we hid ourselves. Why? Because we are naked. Who told you you are naked? Who told you you are naked? So are you seeing what is happening? God's presence is there. But a man is distancing himself from the presence of God. If you go to Isaiah chapter 59, right from verse 1, verse 2, the ear of the Lord or the hand of the Lord is not shortened that it cannot serve. His ear is not uh, dull that it cannot hear. But your sins have separated you from God, not God from you. Your sins separated you from God, you from God. So the one who moved was not God. The one who moved was man. And why did he move? He moved because his mind was corrupted. So he thought he's stepping away from the presence of God. Okay? He thought he's stepping away from the presence of God, so he moved away. It was not God. God never moved. Paul comes at Athens. These are things that come into my spirit that are not in my notes. Paul comes at Athens. I think it's Acts chapter number 17. And they, he sees an inscription to the unknown God. And he comes now to introduce them to the God they do not know. And he says, okay, fine. This is the one that you do not know. Your poets wrote about him. Which means Paul was not only reading the Old Testament and all that. And he, he knew what was happening. Your poets wrote... In him we walk. In him we move. In him we have our being. We live. We have our being. It's written not by Moses. Your own poets, they wrote this. Your own scholars wrote this. That we already are moving in him. Okay. We are already moving in Him. We are already living in Him. We already have our being in Him. But here is the problem. Because you do not know Him. You are not enjoying what has been made available because you don't know Him. So what is the problem? The problem is never a God problem. The problem is always a mindset problem, a man problem. That's where the problem is. And that's what we are going to deal with today. The man problem. So when the mind is corrupted by sin, man becomes a hunters of the presence of God. Men begin to sing very nice songs of calling the presence down. They ask him to pass by. Very nice songs. The lyrics are awesome. They're desperate for his presence. They really want him to come. Okay? Let me tell you one song that you like a lot. Um, we lift him higher, higher, higher. When the praises go up, His glory comes down. It used to be like that. That the praises had to go up for the glory to come down. Then the cross happened. Okay. Let's move slowly. You see, this is where we're going to hit hard. Are you ready for this? Colossians 1.21. We're going to hit hard. This is the best message I've ever preached. And you who were once alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works. Where were you an enemy? Where were you an enemy? Because the Bible says God has already reconciled the world. Yet now he has reconciled. He has reconciled. Give me 22. Then we come back to 21. 
in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. So you were once alienated where? In your mind by wicked works. So the problem of a person is the mind. You are alienated in your mind. The reason why we look for the presence of God is because there has not been a renewal of our minds. So we're still waiting for him to come in the cool of the day as if the cross did not happen. Listen to this. We were not restored to become like the fallen Adam or the, the Adam who was there before the fall. New birth is not a restoration of a man and taking man in, back into the garden. No. New birth is the creation of a new species. One that never existed. Not one that once was. No. We are not after the order of the first Adam. We are after the order of the second man, the last Adam. Now, the last Adam is not a living soul. That was the first Adam. The last Adam is a life-giving spirit. So we are a new species. Are, are, you, are you hearing me? That's why God does not commune with us in the cool of the day anymore. His presence is no longer coming and going. He is ever present in you. Are, are you getting this? Where is God? God is in you. God is present. Now someone says, well, he is in me, he is not present, but he is not manifest. Who told you he is not manifest? Because manifest presence, it is God revealing, it is God demonstrating his presence in our lives. And God demonstrating who he is to us. That is God manifesting his presence. Now, the world does not enjoy the manifest presence. We enjoy the manifest presence. Now, what more of manifestation do you want apart from God being in you? What other manifestation is bigger than God being in you? What do you call manifestation feelings? Pentecostals have taught us that presence and manifest presence of God is feelings. So whenever people are looking for the manifest presence of God, they are looking for feelings. They are looking for tears. They are looking for, I feel it. A kind of sermon. We have been there. We have done that. We have preached that. We know how to sound like that. We can, I can actually sound like that right now. But who can say Who shall ascend to the heavens? That is to bring him down. Who shall descend? That is to bring him up. The word is near you in your heart. That is the word of faith that we preach. So God is no longer in heaven, although he is in heaven, but he is now resident in you. When Emmanuel came, they gave him the name Emmanuel. God is with us. God is present with us. Now it's more than God is with us. He is God with us within us. Right? God with us within us. Now when you understand God with us within us, you will not look for manifest presence because there is nothing that is called manifest beyond the manifest that you have already enjoyed. There is nothing. Praise God. But here is the issue. Alienated. You can be alienated in your mind. Because remember, we have to work out our minds. We have to deal with our minds. We have to renew our minds. Line up our minds with the word of God. Okay? As long as you are born again and your mind is not lined up with the word of God, you will keep looking for the presence of God. God chases. Since when have men become God chasers? Is it not God who, has, who chased after men? Coming after me. No, 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 no wall you won't bring down or kick down. No lie. You won't tear down. Coming after me. 
that's, that's, that's the good thing about the grace of God. And now he is no longer coming after me. He, he's got me. God has got me. God has got me. Ever present. Now I want you to see what we mean when we say God is present. And see how religion no man alienated and enemies in your mind you see you can make god an enemy in your mind then he says by wicked works i'm going to explain wicked works because the word wicked there if you go check wicked 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 in the greek in the new testament it's used and um, differently okay wicked it's not as straightforward as wicked wicked now he says wicked works immoral works what are wicked works now wickedness is evil right bad works what are bad works bad works can be good works that are initiated by men to try and end something from god they become bad works which means prayer can become a bad work and a wicked work when you are praying in order for you to get something from God. But if you pray as a response to what he has already given, it is a good work. Because faith, the book says everything that is not of faith is sin. What is faith? Faith is simply responding and saying yes to what Jesus has already done. Which means a good thing that is not done in faith, it is sin. So our call, we have been called to respond to the presence, not to look for the presence. Because if you find the presence, you look for it, you find it, then you are the better one. That's why church is full of special people. Because what makes me special is because I went to the mountain and he was trying to run away until I grabbed him. And I found him. Now I got him. So I'm now more special than you. Now I need to write a book to tell you how you can get him the way I got him. But when we are all coming, that, that's a wicked work. But when we are doing good works, we are responding to the God who is already present. Who got into me and he cannot be any closer than he already is. alienated in your minds by wicked works so wicked works it's you trying i'm gonna get to that now let's get to it luke chapter 15 the elder brother of the prodigal son story alienated from the father by wicked works now that word alienated let's just do this if you check it in greek even in english it's estranged now estranged is usually used when they say estranged wife it means that you have not yet divorced in most cases you have not yet divorced but the other one you are separated the other one is living there the other one is living there so there is a relationship but there is no intimacy so god says well you are mine you are my child but a lot of believers they are alienated in their minds right they are estranged in their minds they are they are living in separate rooms that's why they are always trying to get to him they actually run away from him to then try and find him. Because the game is always trying to find him. And you never find him. Because every Sunday, every day, you are seeking after God. And we quote Matthew chapter 6. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Now what kind of kingdom do we always seek and never get? The other day you come and say, we are in the kingdom. The other day seek the kingdom of God. The other day we are in the kingdom. The other day seek the kingdom of God. Okay, tell me where I am. Am I, uh, do I have the kingdom or I don't have the kingdom? Let's stop this confusion. If we are in the kingdom, let's walk in the kingdom. If we are not in the kingdom, let's look for the kingdom. How do we find the kingdom and lose it? We find it and lose it. We find it and lose it. He is present. He is no longer present. He is the God. Remember the garden? A lot of us, we think we are restored back to the garden scenario. Where you would come in the cool of the day and go. And then come back again and go. Now he does not go. I will never leave you. I will not forsake you. Even when you go through waters. Because usually when people are going through difficult times, they first ask themselves a question. Are you present, God? 
Even if you go through waters, I will be with you. But you know what happens? We still, like Moses, if your presence does not go with me. Yet God already said in his word, I will be with you. Now you're still making prayers of looking for the presence of God. Show me a sign that you are with me. Manifest yourself. What kind of manifestation? This is the mystery of godliness. That God manifested in the flesh. Already manifested. What are the manifestations are we looking for? What are the presence are we looking for? What, what are the signs? No, this wicked generation, there is not going to be any other sign that will be given to you except the sign of Jonah. Signs times, it's over. We already have the sign. And when you believe the sign, you will walk in the signs because you believe the sign. And what is the sign? The sign is the cross. Are you following me? So where there is a problem is here in this mind. By wicked works. So you do something wrong today, you feel God is far from you. When you go and prostitute, God does not leave you and catch you when, you are, when your pains are back up. He'll be with you. Because he said, I will never leave you. Do you know what never looks like? N-E-V-E-R. Never. You check it in Greek, it's still the same. You check it in English, it's the same. You check it in Swahana, it's the same. Never, it's never. There's no never degree one, never degree two. You cannot qualify never. I will never leave you. Try it. You prostitute, you will be present with you in your prostitution. Because he says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. You see, the moment you think he is no longer with you when you are doing something wrong, is you need now to try and find him again. You see, you see where the wicked works come in? If you're coming to church today is because you're trying to please God, please don't come. If going to church, it's a good thing, but it can be a wicked work when you're trying to do it in order for you to earn anything from God. The presence already came. If you are not enjoying the presence of God, it's not because he's not present. It's because of the mind. The older brother, what happened? Now his older son was in the field. And as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. Why are you even in the field? So he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. He does not talk to the father. He calls the servant. You see where he's getting his information? He's getting his information from servants. When the father is present. Why? Because alienated in his mind. He began to see himself as a servant. The presence of God is not like, you know, then, then there was a glory. Then there was like, it was spectacular, you know, because it was like, there was a wind. That's, well, God can do all that. Just like it happened at the day of Pentecost. God can do all that. But that's not what has to fascinate us. What has to fascinate us is how can the God who cannot be contained by the heavens and the earth, he has made the earth his footstool and his heaven, his seat, and still he comes in and says, I stay in you. If that does not fascinate you and angels are the ones that fascinate you running up and down, my friend, you have got a problem and it's a mind problem. If your greatest encounters is when you met angels, you've got a problem. Your greatest encounter should be when he came into my heart. Then I knew that he was not going to go anywhere. God does not have a plan of leaving you. He's ever present. If you feel he's distant, you feel. And God never says you will feel my presence so that you know I'm with you. That's why he used examples, you go through fire. Even though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, it's, it's not a feeling business. But it has been made a feeling business. You have to feel it. Change the feeling. That's why church today, the problem, people can sit in a church where they are receiving wrong word and still go back next Sunday. You know why they go back? Because people are, they are addressing their feelings. So they like the feeling gospel. I see you. Well, if I see you rising, 
How about you see yourself rising? You need somebody to tell you now God is present. Now God is present. How did you leave your house without him? Why are you even here without him? How dare someone tells you as the guy to tell you God is present and says, yeah, 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 you are present because the pastor said he's present. You must, when I say God is present, you say, pastor, it's true, he's present because when I came in here, I came with him, he's present. The church of the spirit, it's not an emotional church. It's a word-based church. The mind is what needs to be addressed in the church. That's why you find people, professors, the moment they come to church, they're stupid. Oh yeah. Religion has made dumb people. Because they leave their brains. They don't think. When people come to church, they become zombies. At the mercy of the men behind the pulpit. I can control you, all of you here. Or well, not, not you now. Because you now know the truth. I can control all of you. Because I'll just tell you and I'll call it spiritual things. Because you don't know that spiritual things, they are things that are word best. You think spiritual things, they are out of the word. In the name of the presence. <laughs> if I just ask someone to put a torch, that bright torch, that right there by the curtain there, beaming through here, you say, you see, the glory, the glory, the glory, the glory. All of you are fooled. You know why you are fooled? Because you think the presence is something else that is not what you already possess in your spirit. Okay, I'm coming back to that guy. But let me, before I get to him, let me, I want to ask you a few questions. Or maybe not questions. The gospel of Jesus must emphasize oneness with God, not separation. Any gospel, any message that talks about you running, you chasing, you, you this, you that, which does not emphasize on oneness. It's not the gospel of Jesus. Now this is the gospel of Jesus. You are the temple of God. So where is God? He is the head and we are members of this body. So when you are separated from him, you know, he is the head. We are members of his body. Is it possible to leave the head one minute and then you look for the head again? You, you, you leave the head, you go. You are members of his body. Are you seeing how one you are? Look, so, so where is he? Do you have the presence? Yes, I have the presence. Any message that does not emphasize on oneness, there's a problem. It's Old Testament. It's law. Because it's only under the law where you can be barred from the presence. Not in the grace of God. You are in his presence forever. He is the vine, we are the branches. How close can you get? Whoever is joined with the Lord is one spirit with the Lord. How close can it get? He is the husband, you are the bride. How close can it get? And still you doubt the presence of God. Says, ah, today we're at church, I failed the presence. You failed what? Well, you failed. That's your problem. It's feelings. We don't feel the presence of God. We know the presence of God. The rate at which God goes back in your life and comes, by now you should be having muscles all over. The rate at which he does up and down, up and down, up and down, like a yo-yo. Every time he's his back is out, his back is out, his back is he's like this. Some people's God is like this. Ours is the one that Elijah says he does. You know, the, the, the bow one says maybe he has gone on a journey, maybe he's attending to someone. But ours is not like that. Ours is ever present. I'm, I, I don't know if this does not make you happy. If this does not make you smile. I don't know the kind of presence that you're looking for. Remember I told you a story when one guy told me of his experiences. You know his encounters and all that. Then he asked me a question. So men of God tell me your experiences. 
to encounters. I said, you know what? I only have one encounter that I've enjoyed, you know. He says, which one? He says, when I encountered the truth of God's word. Not angels. Okay. I'll swallow it. For the sake of the weak among us. Yeah. Let's go back. Let's go back to Luke. Let's go back to Luke. So he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. Next verse, please. And he said to him, Your brother has come. And because he has received him safe and sound, your father has killed the fated calf. You see, mind, he's talking to servants. But he was angry and would not go in. Therefore, his father came out and pleaded with him. Father goes out and pleaded with him. What does he say? So he answered and said to his father, Lord, these many years I have been serving you. Other versions say, say slaving for you. I never transgressed wicked works. I never transgressed your commandment at any time. Wicked works. The, the exact same works that were separating him are the works that he is presenting before the father as validation of his good works. Yet you never gave me a young God. You see what his mind was? His mind, he was alienated in his mind. Although everything was saying he is a son. But in his mind he thought being a son meant he had to do stuff in order to end the father's respect. In order for him to be approved of the father. In order for him to enjoy the presence. The party. He could have had parties throughout. The young boy had parties. It's just that he had parties with the wrong crew. But he had parties. This one, no party. Why? The mind. Some of us, our Christianity is better if we're in the world. We're miserable as believers. I'm telling you. If you look at unbelievers and you envy them, there's a problem. You don't know how to party. You don't know the presence that you possess. You can have a party. Not once in a while. Party every day. Party in me all the time. Read your full blast. In my car, I'm having a party with the Holy Ghost who is present. But how can you have a party when you're always in the field trying to please the Holy Ghost? How can you have a party trying to please God? Trying to earn His respect? Trying to earn favor from Him? Because my presence will give you rest. You never gave me a young God that I might make merry with my friends. Which friends are you talking about? I'm your friend. You see, the reason why you're still thinking about making merry with your friends, if you had made our relationship as it should be, you would not even think about friends because you see the mindset. Ooh. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Wow, wow, wow. I never saw this. I don't know how many years. That I might make merry with my friends. You see the mindset that he has? He has the young brother mindset. He has a living mindset. He, the only way why he is not living is not because he does not want to live. He also wants to go like the young brother and have a party with his friends without the father. So him and the, 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 the younger brother, they are the same. They want to leave the father. But this one is looking for a better way to leave the father. So, because religion is always about who is a better sinner between the two of us. So he is there, but he's alienated. But in his mind, he wants what the... That's why he was angry at his coming. Because this young man is coming where he wants to go. How dare you come back before I go? How dare you come back? I'm actually thinking I should be accompanying you and also have party with my friends. Now you are back home and you are saying that there is nothing out there. You remember when, when, when a, a person 
Well, it used to happen to us when we were growing up, you know, because we also thought, well, there was some stuff in the world. And when you see someone giving a testimony, there's nothing. We were there in the world. We did everything, you know. We're like, how dare he says there's nothing there? Because I actually want to go there, you know. There's nothing there. How can you say there's nothing there when we see people having fun? You see? So, the, the, the younger brother in you who say, I also want to go and have party with my friends. The only reason why I'm stopping is because I want you to be the one releasing me to go have party. So, I will not value that I might make merry with my... Lord, thank you. That I might make merry with my friends. So, in him, in his mind, there was no way he was going to have a party with his dad and make merry with his dad. Dad was only for possessions, alienated in his mind. That's why he was slaving for his father. He was in the presence of the father, but trying by all means to get out of the father so that he can go and enjoy because in his mind he thought, there is elsewhere where I can enjoy. So when he heard that the party is there. So his issue was not really party. It's party with friends. Because if it was about party, the father had already killed a calf. And there was already a party in the house. Why not, if it is about party, why not just come and enjoy the party? Because this party is not a party of the young brother. It's the party of the father. The young goat has also been killed. How about you come and enjoy the presence of the father? But he was alienated in his mind. Why was he alienated? Because he stayed too long with his servants. And he began to think like servants. So when you are in the company of wrong teaching, wrong doctrine, you go to a church where they tell you you are not yet there. Where they tell you you need to do this so that this happens to you. So that you get the blessing of God. You have to create a reason. Now, the problem that will happen is that you will never have an intimate relationship with God. Because you are trying to do works. And Paul calls them wicked works. Because everything that is not of faith is sin. Faith is a response to what God has already done. So faith is simply saying, God, yes. Are you present? Yes. I don't feel it, but I believe it. If you manifested your presence, yes, there is no greater manifestation than God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost staying in the inside of you. You. God calling you my temple. I'm resident in your spirit. How dare you look for another presence? That's why a lot of things have infiltrated the church of God. Because believers don't want a transformation of their minds. They are looking for things that excite their feelings and their emotions. And all they do is, I receive. Yet it is good to receive. But the problem is you are receiving the wrong thing. Receive everything that the cross provided. And enjoy everything that the cross has made available. Last a few scriptures. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 18. How dare you demote yourself to being a servant when you are a son? It was never a father problem. The father was always there. And he was with the father. But in his mind, the mind kept him going. It kept him going back to the field to labor and to slave. It can be a good thing. Just giving offering when the basket is going, it can be a wicked work if it is not a response to what God has already given you and done for you. If you are doing it to try and get God's attention, it can be a wicked work. And a good thing can be a wicked work. You can come here and give us 100,000 rands as a wicked work. The good thing is we'll use it. The bad thing is it's a wicked work on your part. Because you are trying to buy the gift of God like that guy, the sorcerer. You want to buy the gift to perish with your money. Because everything that God provides, it's for free. And what we need to do is to receive so if your presence that you call the presence of God is not for free, my friend, you are having something else. That is not the presence of God. Having their understanding darkened. Say understanding. You see, the problem is understanding. Now, 
Paul does not pray. Mr. Steve. Ephesians 1. Paul is not praying for them to feel the Holy Ghost. But to know. Know what is already given. Not, not, not feel. I said to a friend of mine the other time, I said, do you know that you can go as a pastor? I've been there. I've done those funny things. You can go as a pastor to the prayer mountain to pray. And you pray, let God, you know, raise your people. God, you know, miracles happen and all, all that. Not because you love people, but you love yourself. Oh, yeah. You can go and pray, let things happen. Let the sick be healed. Let people rise up from the wheelchairs. Not because you really love people, no. It is your profile that you want. So you are using people in order to get a name for yourself. How do you know that when the pe person stands here and gives a testimony and does not mention your name? Like, how dare he gives a testimony and finish the testimony without mentioning my name, yet I was the one. Oh yeah. You can get ulcers looking for a name for yourself in the name of God and in the name of God's people. Having their understanding darkened. Now you go to a church where there is zero word. They just tell you, but the guy is a good shepherd. The guy is a good shepherd. <laughs> Who does not know the pastor? How can you be a good shepherd? I know the guy visits us all the time. How? Now if he visits you and he is not giving you the right word, he says, but he comes to our houses. That's what people like. People who visit them in the hospitals, people who visit them in their homes, people who do this, then they call you a good shepherd. Good shepherd, no pastor. Church people love that. They don't have a problem to remain with an understanding that is darkened. As long as you fellowship with us at the level of the natural and the carnal. We don't care what is in the spiritual. Like me. Look, if you need a hug, find someone. Find someone. They'll hug you. If you need someone to visit you in the hospital, find someone. You've got, your whole phone book has got a lot of people. Call someone. They'll visit you. If you need the gospel of Jesus Christ and the renewal of your mind, call me. You know where to find me. I'll teach you the gospel. Best pastors. They are not pastors who know this thing. Well, don't look at me like you don't know what I'm talking about. Some of you say, ah, that pastor was a very good pastor. If I ask you, what do you mean? It's never about preaching. They can lie to you. They can jump for five hours, sweating, repeating one word. You know, today! 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 And everybody leaves the house and the pastor was on fire. What was the God content? What was the God news? It was nothing. That's why believers are looking for churches where there is good music. They don't even know good music. They don't mind singing what is not in the Bible as long as the guitar and the keyboard is okay. Here the good news is we don't have good music. We have good word. If you don't like it, it's up to you. We don't care. We will never advertise good music. No. Ah, no, me, I'm gonna change the church because ah, their music, their music, and their style, their style. Everything that the person is talking about, there is no word. The reason why other people are still going to the churches is because there is opportunity for business in that church. Mind darkened, being alienated from the life of God, and estranged from the life of God because of ignorance, not because. God is not loving them. Ignorance. And ignorance has been celebrated in the church. Ignorance. You don't have a problem. You know, this praise and worship time, people can sing one hour and lie down and say, the Holy Spirit was moving. They go home without hearing the word. They say it was powerful. What was powerful? They can go home ignorant. They don't care going home ignorant. They say, no, wait time. Let's just make it... You know, because we are behind time. They don't have a problem. They, they, they don't have a problem going back home ignorant. But when you come here, we tell you the presence 
You came with your presence when you were in your taxi. You were with your presence when you were in the car. The presence, even if you sleep, you know, the two of you in the same blanket, you have got your own presence. You have got your own presence. His feeling must not affect your presence. And this one should not affect the presence. You are with, when you go through fire, when you don't have money, when you have got lots of it, when the account is fate, when it doesn't have anything, you still have the presence of God. You can still commune. That's why, like you said, rejoice in the lord i say again rejoice because even when paul was in chains the presence of the lord was present come on what else do you do you need the renewal of the mind the law took the presence of god far from the people and put a tabernacle three compartments and when the veil tore was torn from top to bottom you know the message of the veil it was not now you can get into the holy of holies no that's that's the first one for people who don't really understand right when the veil was torn and says now we can go into the hall of holies that's the elementary level the meaning of the veil being torn it was not for us to get into the hall of holies no it was the hall of holies that had come to you no not you getting in there because there is, there is no more ark there is no more ark there is no more structure it is now where you are you 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 are the presence you carry the presence we are not trying to get into the hall of holies no we are the temple of god we are not trying to get there our minds have been renewed now we know we don't look for the presence of god he's the head we are the members of his body we are one spirit with him i don't even need to feel it i need to believe it and enjoy it so they took Vashiti and Badia from the presence. But when Esther came onto the scene, she went straight into the presence. Because when grace appears, the presence is made available. You are blessed. Come on, just open your mouth and just give God some praise. Woo, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord, we just, we're always grateful for your word. We are always grateful for your word. We are always grateful for your word. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy in time of need. Boldly. Thank you, Jesus. We give you praise. Thank you, Lord, for just that passion, that desire for your word that you have planted in your people. Thank you, Lord, because they always receive it with gladness and make it a part of them. Now I pray that they walk in the boldness of what you have already accomplished with the full understanding that you said you will never leave us nor forsake us. Our very present help in the time of need. You are blessed. Praise God. Offering time. Then we're going to sing that song, Offering Time. We will never settle.